911, what's your emergency? 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the PIO Podcast, a place to discuss all public information-related topics for police, fire, EMS, and local and federal government organizations. It was a good learning experience for a lot of us that, that social media is not real life. But we have to remember the media are very rarely a target audience. They're simply that conduit. Our words have impacts on individuals and it may not be positive. So just be just being thoughtful and mindful of the words that we speak. I think what's so interesting about this position too and this job and this profession is that um, every one of us is looking for purpose and when we find it here, that's it to know is that a crisis for one is not necessarily a crisis for another. This episode is sponsored by the Social Media Strategy Summit, the leading provider of social media education. They host annual events designed specifically for government communications professionals like you to help you build and engage your communities through social media. Visit their website at socialmediastrategiesummit.com to learn more and use promo code PIO podcast for 10% off of your registration. Good afternoon. Today on the PIO podcast, I have Alexandra Farkas. She is a public information officer from the Cheyenne Police Department. Alexandra, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Alexandra, you joined the Cheyenne Police Department in 2020 as the department's new public information officer. I'd like to talk a little bit about your background in communications and digital media. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm a Wyoming native. I was raised in Cheyenne and I attended college at the University of Wyoming where I earned my degree in marketing. Um, I began my career in the private sector, helping a local museum with some graphic design projects and social media um, and some event planning. And then my career shifted to more of a communications role when I began working for a chamber of commerce here in Cheyenne. Um, I stayed there for about two years. I worked as their director of marketing and communication. And um, it's kind of funny. I fell into the world of police work almost by accident. Um, When I was working at the chamber, I attended a ribbon cutting ceremony for a new courthouse in town. And there I ran into the former police chief. And he began talking to me about this newly created civilian PIO position that they were hiring for. Um, And I knew that our police department had had a very positive reputation in town. They were doing some really uh, creative things with social media, filming videos and hosting events. And I think that they were looking for someone to build on the great work that they had already been doing. And um, they brought someone in a civilian capacity who had previous marketing and communications experience. So um, that sounded like something I was interested in. I was excited. I applied. And now I've been here for about two years. Excellent. So you grew up in Cheyenne. What's it like working for your hometown police department? Uh, I would say it's very rewarding um, to work for my hometown police department. Cheyenne is, it's near and dear to my heart. This is my home. 
Um, and Cheyenne is, it's kind of unique in that it's a smaller city and it's constantly being challenged by surrounding big city influences. We're located at the crossroads of two major interstates and Denver is just two hours away. So the work that our department does here, it's very critical and um, I really enjoy being a part of of telling that story. So. Let me ask you this. You've already brought up the de- where, where it's located at. What's the population of Cheyenne? And then what is the um, breakdown of sworn versus civilian uh, employees? Yeah. Um, so we sit at a population of approximately 65,000 people here in Cheyenne. And that's bearing in mind that this is actually the largest city in the state. Um, we have just over 500,000 people in the entire state. Um, and with that being said, our department, we're currently staffed at 107 sworn officers, and then we have approximately 120 um, civilian staff. Okay, so a fairly decent-sized department. Yeah. When you first started out as a PIO, was there something that surprised you about the position? I mean, I know you were in marketing and stuff, but was there something about the PIO position itself that surprised you? Yeah, um, I wasn't really sure what I was getting myself into, um, but I will say that uh, the PIO community really surprised me once I joined. Uh, being the only civilian PIO, sometimes it's easy to feel like the odd man out. Um, and then through attending conferences and networking with other PIOs, I learned that this community exists with other like-minded people, and um, they're facing the same challenges, and they're incredibly supportive of one another. So um, I've also learned that those connections are really invaluable in times of crisis. Other PIOs are willing to share information. They're willing to share their experiences. And I would just say, if you have the opportunity um, to make connections as a PIO and attend trainings, um, I would highly encourage it. It's it's a great group of people. Absolutely. I, t- I completely agree. And I'm a massive supporter of the National Information Officers Association. I don't know if you've ever been to yep, yep. one of their I, I conferences. For the first time last year, actually. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. And, and they, a phenomenal organization and phenomenal, uh, group of people that you can connect with and, and gain some valuable insights, uh, mm-hmm. and just draw from their, their years of experience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you, you answered my question. You already said you're the sole person that handles public information. And before you said that there was there was social media that was being done, and they were and they probably brought in a civilian to build on it. So, are you do you do you rely on other people to help you post the social? Um, sometimes. So, I am the only PIO. However, I, I do have an incredible team that supports me in my capacity. So, there's a handful of officers who previously served in this PIO role, and they'll help fill in. And then we have um, other officers on different squads who have some training and in posting information to social media, just depending on circumstances. So if I'm not readily available, um, then then I do have some extra help, which is really nice. Awesome. So what social media platforms are you guys currently using at Cheyenne Police Department? Um, Facebook is our primary social media platform. Uh, it's catered more towards our demographic in Cheyenne. But we also post on Instagram and Twitter, and we're always looking um, for something new and to expand on our social media presence. Um, I've learned that it's a very powerful tool for us. It creates a direct line of communication between the department and the public, and that helps us educate, um, build relationships, and it even helps us with our investigations. Um, We're very fortunate to be in a community that's supportive of our police department, and so... 
um, if we post something and ask for help, it seems like almost immediately we have someone reaching out and um, telling us what happened or um, who it is. So, and then <laughs> that's very helpful. Yeah, it's awesome. And then, I mean, on the other side of the coin, I think that it can also help us engage members of the community who might be hesitant to interact with law enforcement. And then that also helps us build public trust. So um, everyone has access to information and we're able to post, you know, it has 24 hour availability so we can communicate in real time. And um, it's, it's a great tool for us. So Alexandra, let me ask you this. I'm going off on a tangent here. What's the demographic of the city? Uh, What's the breakdown? Do you know it? Um, you know, I would say it's an older population, um, an adult population. Um, I don't have the specific breakdown, but um, okay, yeah, generally not a problem. Older adults. <laughs> I threw that as a curveball. I was just kind of when you brought in your, it works for your demographic. Mm-hmm. So obviously, that's why Facebook is your primary um, source of communication for them because that's who's on Facebook right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. You work for the Greater Cheyenne Chamber of Commerce. How did that prepare you for your role working at the police department? So um, to begin, my time at the chamber, it, it helped me better understand our community and what our target target audience is. Um, and then having that insight, it helped me develop our communications plan. Um, just coming from a marketing background, we use an integrated marketing communication strategy So um, with that approach, we promote all of our messages through multiple outlets that work together and they reinforce one another. Um, We like to use mixed media, so things like social media, um, platforms, events, our websites, to communicate messages which all tie back to our central mission. Um, And then we do that because our citizens are all accessing information in different ways. Um, We do not know where the user's experience begins um, and they're all, or when they're looking at our material. And so it could be on Facebook, it could be on our website, but integrating all of our marketing materials ensures that we have um, consistent messaging across the board. And then similar to my time at the chamber, I'll use analytics to monitor that activity, measure the effectiveness, and then reveal some opportunities for changes. So let's talk about the analytics and what are you using for the analytics? So on social media, it's really nice. Um, Just with like Facebook, they have the analytics program built in. So we'll monitor it in that way. Um, And then Google also offers some um, opportunities for you to web uh, monitor your website. So um, just just things like that. Pretty simple. Okay. So you're not using one of the the made for platforms that deals with analytics across all of the social media platforms? No, nothing crazy like that. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just curious because you have a marketing background, so sometimes that yeah. <laughs> that can play that can play in the role. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your reaching out to the community for you know crimes and things that occur in the in the community. So I'm assuming it's like things like burglaries, robberies, thefts, things along those lines, and th- they respond back to you. So are you you're interacting both directions? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Um, Even if we have like a missing person, we'll post it online and um, we'll often list like a number for our dispatch center or um, or a specific detective within the department. And then people are really willing to reach out. Um, They'll call us in whatever way possible and um, even sometimes DM us on Facebook. So um, they are very, very helpful. And 
Um, I, I think that that's just kind of the culture in Cheyenne. Um, people are very supportive of law enforcement and um, we also do a lot to engage our community um, just through, I mean, events. We do things like holiday events. We'll engage with them through citizens police academies on a semi-annual basis. And I think that laying that foundation, that groundwork ahead of time um, opens a door for them to be comfortable um, using us as a resource and, and helping us. Question for you. So the pandemic, you came on in 2020 right as the pandemic was ramping up, how did that impact your ability or how did it change your ability to connect with the community? Um, you, you know, I, I do think that that presented some challenges um, communicating in person. I think that um, we ended up doing a lot of things virtually. Um, I, I had joined the department in 2020. And so it was kind of interesting coming on board um, during the global pandemic. Um, we had to learn to rely on, you know, video messaging to share our story and connect with our community. And um, I, I will say in Wyoming, it, it was nice. Um, we, th there were some um, restrictions that weren't as um, heavily enforced, I think, just due to our population. And so we, we were able still able to still get out and interact with each other. But um, yeah, it, it was a challenging time. And, and I'm glad that now we're starting to get back into the swing of things. We're starting to do those coffees with a cop and um, large neighborhood events where we weren't able to um, for a couple of years. So. So how are you, you said you're using uh, a lot of uh, online platforms to help you scheduling events and things like that. What are you utilizing? Are you using Facebook, the events page? Is that what you're using for that? Or are you using another platform that ties into Facebook? Mm -hmm. Yep. For events, we'll, we'll use um, the events page primarily. Um, we'll put out media releases and our media will include those events in our newspapers and, um, you know, during newscasts. And so that's also very helpful. Um, but, but yeah, just, just primarily on social media is what we lean on. Oh, excellent. Is there a question I should have asked you? And if so, how would you have answered? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Um, I don't think so. I didn't come up with one. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. I mean, that's I throw that in there because sometimes as we're having a conversation, it sparks something mm -hmm. that because I didn't ask something and somebody says, oh, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, so you're the sole person, but you, you have backup. You have uh, former, I, I'm assuming, sworn personnel that did the role part-time or whatever, however the department had it structured before your arrival. Um, so you go on vacation, they take over, correct? Mm -hmm. At least temporarily. Yeah. yeah that's so you're not, you're not stuck 24 seven, even on vacation, getting phone calls. No, which is very helpful. I, I feel very fortunate to have, to have um, a little bit of assistance. So, yep. They'll fill in the okay. gaps for me. 
All right, so let's go into some rapid-fire questions. All right. Talking or texting? Um, I think it depends on the circumstances. Uh, there's times where texting might be more efficient, just depending on um, what kind of a message you have. And other times, I think it's appropriate to deliver a message in person. So I'm, I'm on the fence. <laughs> okay, coffee or tea? Um, I would say coffee in the morning. Adult drink of choice? Um, definitely a glass of wine, I would say. Red or white? I'm a red wine drinker. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, what would be your superpower if you could have one? Uh, I, I think just working in this field, predicting the future would be very helpful. I would I would love to do that. I'm going to ask you a question about that in a minute. Do you have a pet? <laughs> um, I am a crazy cat lady. I do have two kittens at home. Nice. Is there a book or an author who had an influence on you? Um, I, I really enjoyed reading the book. It's called Predictably Irrational by Dan Ariely. And it talks about consumer behavior, why we do the things we do, and um, how we all shape our decisions. So it's it's an interesting read. Oh, cool. Um, ask permission or beg for forgiveness? I tend to ask for permission. Okay. Most PIOs are begging for forgiveness. Right. You know that, right? <laughs> If you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose? Uh, this is tough. Um, so we have a statue of um, someone named Esther Hobart Morris in our downtown, and she was the first woman judge in American history, and um, that office was held in Wyoming. So she played a major role in um, gaining voting rights for women, and I think it'd be really interesting to sit down and, and talk to her. Very cool. All right, so I'm going to go back to the superpower question. If you could predict the future. So predicting the future as a PIO, where do you see public information officers going in the future? Where do you see what we do or how we do it going in the future? I feel like there's always a need for a public information officer. Um, honestly, I just I see us sticking around for for a long time. I, I think that communicating with, with people is so valuable. It's so important. And so um, I, I think that we're, we're here to stay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Key points you'd like the listeners to take away from this interview. Um, I, I would just say that um, it's important to recognize that um, it's important to have strategy behind your communication, but also it's really important to think ahead and um, um, engage your community. I think that it's kind of a balancing act. Building relationships is so important and um, building a foundation with your community is, is essential. So. You know, th this brought up a question. I thought in my mind, I should have asked this before because mm -hmm. I forgot to. Um, are you, do you guys, are you branding across the board? Are you using a style guide or anything like that? Um, yeah, we do have a style guide. So we, we like to use similar fonts. We have um, kind of generic photos that we'll have for um, our officers to um, post on social media. So we, we try to use similar um, fonts and colors in, in all of our communications. Okay, great. Yeah. That was one of the questions I wanted to ask when you brought up the um, having a communications plan. <laughs> Anything you'd like to add? think so um 
I had um, I, I had a response. There was the question um, if, if there were any lessons that I had learned that I'd like to share. Please do. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I just I had a couple of ideas. Um, kind of like I was saying before, preparing for the unexpected is always top of my mind in this role, and I've learned that it's really important to plan ahead as much as possible. Um, I live in a smaller city, and so you'll hear about stories in other communities and think, oh, that'll never happen here. And quickly, I've learned that it's not a matter of if, it's when. Mm -hmm. And so a resource that's been helpful for me is developing a toolkit, and that kind of serves as a plan or a playbook for responding to some of those critical incidents. Um, it's an internal tool that we use, and it allows us to prep our messaging so that when the time comes to make an announcement, we're ready. Um, and it just includes things like instructing information, some of those photos um, with our branding elements and brief statements. And then we can plug all of that information in as it becomes available and post quickly. And um, I found that there's a lot of benefits to sharing information quickly and being transparent, whether the news is good, bad, or ugly. Um, and research shows that talking to your community and providing updates in a timely manner, it, it helps build their confidence it can help mitigate rumors, which tend to spread really quickly. And then it allows us to um, kind of hop in the driver's seat and become the official resource for information. Um, I think that if people see that you've joined that conversation, they'll keep coming back to you for more. And if you're not telling your story, we know that someone else will. <laughs> so um, I, I just, I think that it's our responsibility as PIOs to influence that narrative and having those tools in place that can um, just kind of give you a head start in some of those difficult situations where you've got thousands of things to think about. So. I like that. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming back with that. <laughs> How can people best reach out to you if they want to connect or follow up with anything that they've heard today? Um, my information is on our website at CheyennePD.org, and my email address is afarkas, F-A-R-K-A-S, at CheyennePD.org. So, um, if there are any PIOs who are interested in reaching out, I would encourage them to. Um, I always enjoy having conversations and learning new things. And, um, yeah, I'd be happy to talk. And I'll add all that into the show notes so Perfect. people will be able to find it easily. Thank you. Alexandra, thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And that was Alexandra Farkas from Cheyenne PD. That's all for this week. We hope you enjoyed this episode. On next week's episode of the PIO Podcast, we have Matthew Kroll, Chief Media Relations Officer for the U.S. Coast Guard. Another huge thank you to the Social Media Strategies Summit for being a sponsor of the PIO Podcast. Join their First Responders Summit this April or their Government Summit this May. Learn more about confirmed speakers and programming at socialmediastrategiesummit.com and use promo code PIOPODCAST for 10% off of your registration. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of the latest episode. If you are listening on a platform that allows reviews, please give us a review. We appreciate any review, good or bad. It helps us improve on each episode. Until next time, be safe.